again, it's Paul from SIA. Today I am with Andy from Snow Camps Europe, who's going to be joining me for this new extended series discussing everything ski and I should say board related, anything to do with the ski industry as well. You look a bit out of your depth when I said that, Andy. Well, nobody mentioned boarding, but uh, <laughs> we'll give it a go. Eh? It can't be that hard, can it? <laughs> exactly. It can't be that hard. So, yeah, we'll tackle every subject. And for you lot, if there's some questions you have or something you want to discuss, then you can always pop it down in the comments below. Um, this podcast is also a vlogcast, so you can find it on YouTube, Spotify, um, Apple, etc. So, Andy, how are you? Good, thank you. All good, yeah. Enjoying, uh, enjoying the powder that we've got at the moment and uh, excited about the new podcast. Yeah, excited about that and the, the, the massive amount of rest we've had. Well, I'm, I'm saying rest, it's, it's, I've never worked so hard for nothing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Con constantly trying to get content out and think of things to talk about um, without actually being able to teach anybody to ski. Yeah. yeah. Well, in my case, obviously with SIA, it's, it's basically that logistics of logistics of going through the organization of courses that are then suspended cancelled rebooked and etc etc the mass amounts of refunds of putting all the money back into people's pockets again and it goes on and on and on so at this stage uh, we're into what the end of march now we're looking at uh, the summer courses and we have um you know great news for those that want to do a summer ski course it looks like um argentina is going to be the the only option probably cool. for what people can do after discussing it with friends of ours from rookie academy in new zealand um, we can clearly see that they're not going to be open up their borders for the summer season to international guests um, and therefore it, it's going to be limited as to what we can do and that brings us to our subject really because we are discussing today the effects of the pandemic on the ski industry mm -hmm. and when we say ski we are always talking board by the way it's just like when we say men and women <laughs> yeah. people often say men and then they get it just makes it a very long strung out sentence to say board so, so the ski industry and of course the effects of how that is on ski instructor courses and ski instructors in general as well and uh, how have you found it andy um well mixed let's say um i've, I've found it very frustrating that i've not been able to work um Obviously, I was all geared up to start in November with the ski teacher courses and then had a lot of bookings for the winter, as, as you guys did. And yeah, everything obviously disappeared when they told us we weren't going to open. And then since then, it's kind of been a very mixed winter of I've skied, but I haven't skied as much as I would. Therefore, I've, I've lost fitness and oh, there's been loads of knock on effects. And obviously, financially, it's, it's not ideal not to have worked for most of the year. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 been very it's been very strange and very difficult. Um, but yeah, let's let's just hope we can we can get it moving forward as soon as we possibly can. Yeah, I think obviously you know putting things into perspective, and this is where it's a sensitive area, and why the likes of um, I know Abby Butcher from the Daily Telegraph was talking about the mental health issues to do with it, but also from the point of view of that, some people are sensitive to the fact why do you actually really give it about skiing when there's a pandemic going on yep. is that not a bit selfish mm -hmm. um, and from the other side obviously those that you know want to continue living their life and see the pandemic from a different perspective as we see from these demonstrations etc that th there's different viewpoints here um, and it's, it is a sensitive area because 
you should we all you know sit at home and be sad and wait for 18 months for this to pass or should we try to maximize what little there is and yep. try and benefit from that and you know people pick me up because i have traveled 80 percent of the pandemic i've not actually been in this country i've been traveling the world because it's been sadly for me i see it as an opportunity yeah. <laughs> to actually yeah, yeah, yeah. see the world in a different light in a quiet light and i think if people are sensible use a bit of common sense you can you know do everything you can to avoid getting infected and right. um, certainly you know i'm not the person that goes out of bars restaurants clubs or interacts with people in fact um you know andy and i both had to do tests for this and mm. we we are both of the same opinion that you just minimize the amount of contact you have and andy's the first person i've actually physically had in my room since i've returned from iceland which is this one of the safest countries in the world and i had to have god knows how many pcr tests to get into there so putting it into perspective people still want to ski and i don't yep. think we should um punish them for that because the resort's open yeah yeah um and i think we can't we can't punish people who want to ski i think there's an element um of uh people trying to flaunt the rules and bend the rules to enable them to ski which they it's shouldn't different. really be doing which is very different but those people who can get to the slopes should be allowed to ski the lifts are open so why not ski unfortunately for for us it just means we haven't been able to work um our or the, the ski school i would normally work for during the winter hasn't really been open um they can only conduct lessons for privates here in caprun without tourism there aren't many ski lessons to be given um, obviously for you guys without the courses there's no real ski lessons to be given i've been spending a lot of time over in upper austria and the ski school there is open albeit for private lessons but a, a teacher's been working an average of two hours a day it's predominantly local kids but that's because they are very much a local ski school so they have been impacted but not as much as we've been impacted because um, we literally have been well, you cannot work because there is no yeah. work and i think the big thing is is that i was talking to some of the hoteliers and, and, and people who have the accommodations and it's, it's they've been hit the hardest because of the constant flex of when they're going to open you know we've had this and this hit and impacted sia because the government is obviously saying right we're going to open on the 20 whatever december or we're going to open on the 9th of january oh now it's the 20th of january now it's the and it, yeah. they keep moving that goalpost yeah. now really in hindsight i would love to have just said hey paul you know that's it for the season get yourself away nothing's yeah. going to happen yeah. we're never going to open up to tourism go on have a holiday yeah and, and i remember back in november um when you guys arrived and you had hundreds um and they arrived and i think it was literally two days later i drove past one of the accommodations <laughs> and saw a coach and i was like they're going, we go. home. They're they're going, going home. home they're going home and it was like yeah. you you couldn't have done any more than you'd done um because as you've said the, the government kept moving the dates and yeah. we all expected to be open and working and then we weren't and everything literally the rug was pulled from under our feet let's say yeah. and um, i think the the big problem was what people need to be aware of is for companies within austria and many other places to receive any grant and funding you can't just sit on your backside and go ah covid i'll just not work this year yeah. you had to be proactively trying to work proactively booking courses 
organizing courses, yeah. setting things up. Accommodation had to open up on that date, mm -hmm. otherwise they would have had their funding stopped. So everybody had to assume that it was going to work, it yep. was going to operate. Now, three days later, when you're sending 300 people home after just getting 300 people through the door, doing COVID tests and then having to um, transport them all back out again, Logistically, that is a, a stress. You know, it was yeah. 24 hours a day just to try and make that work. And that's, that stress has continued because the government then pushed the dates and said, oh, no, no, we'll do it now on December. We'll do it in January. We'll do it. Um, yeah. And we didn't have the luxury of just saying, oh, let's just ignore that, what the government's saying. Let's just assume the season's not going to go ahead. You, you're not allowed to do that. Um, obviously, at this late stage now, it's not going to go ahead. You know, <laughs> talking to, to people, tourism is just, yeah, it's a definite shutdown until, until next year. Yeah. But it, it's funny because th th there are still... As you've said, people have still got to work as if it, it might happen. And there are still promotions and adverts being put out for Easter. Although Easter's, what, a week or so away? It's not going to happen, but people are still having to act as if it is. We're currently waiting for gastronomy to open on the 27th. It's not going to happen. But those guys have got to start filling their fridges and freezers in case it does happen. Yeah. So, yeah, crazy. And that, that is a big thing. I mean, obviously, same from our side of, you know, whether it was the gastronomy, we had to get ready for the guests coming and, and get food in. You have to open up. You have to get staff in. You know, we had 40 ski trainers here then. Um, obviously, the background staff as well, all employed, um, everybody working flat out to make it work. And in gastronomy, it's, it's worse. You know, the planning, they can't just open one day to the next. They have yeah. to. It takes a week. The food, the food wastage alone is going to yeah. hurt the business, isn't it? So, it is. so yeah, so the, the, the pandemic has certainly affected the ski season in um, Europe in general. I mean, I know sort of Switzerland had that balance of they've also stayed open, but a very grey area. Obviously, there was a lot of um, uh, rumours and, and things going around about what was going on there in Switzerland. Um, we had obviously the same situation here with um, the situation in Austria with Jochberg, the likes of Flachau, etc. So uh, traveling during the COVID time, well, when it's legally allowed to travel, yep. you can travel. Yep. Um, now, everybody who traveled in our case with SIA traveled during a legal corridor. They traveled during a period of time when they were allowed to travel into Austria. So most of our people arrived in the, uh, well, the end of October, actually, so mm -hmm. way back. And they've either remained here since, and therefore, you know, they've not left the country. They're now registered here as a as their fixed residency. Yep. Um, but nobody then arrived after that because at that point, the cor I think there was a corridor in January actually for about a week or so where yep. before there was registration required, etc. Um, and a lot of people were trying their best to um, to get people in during that tiny period to try and make something of the season. Obviously, again, it backfired. It, it didn't work out. Um, the the situation that, 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 that we had, for example, in um, Jochberg in Austria, where with these people had been here since October and they were employed or going to be employed by a ski school up there. And the ski school was desperate to get them through the exams to make sure because they genuinely believed the season was going to be operational and going. That was the yep. information. We, we, we were all told 24th of December, the season will start. Mm -hmm. yep. And then if not, it would be February, definitely February, yeah, if definitely. not. So therefore, again, ski schools needed to staff. They needed staff ready. Yep. They couldn't have a situation where, let's say, the busiest period of the year, February, um, there was 
was no availability of ski, ski instructors because yeah. they were all back in their own countries. They had, you know, probably found new jobs, didn't yeah. want to leave them for the sake of two weeks. So the ski schools were in a difficult position of having to say, right, we do need to have some skeleton staff or at least a group of people that we know we can use. Now, to fit in with the regulations and that, that meant that most of them had to be here uh, before December, yep. where the lockdown was going to be the hard lockdown, if you like. So they mm -hmm. all had to come before then. They all had to remain in resort. So that's the situation in Jokburg, for example. They all arrived very early. They were just doing some skiing on their own or with the ski school, for example. And the ski school asked us to come in and do some preparation course to help them towards then sitting their exam with the um, ski association as well. Now, in the case of the group in Jokburg, who ended up, um, many of them COVID positive, <laughs> they, um, they obviously, sometime between October and January the, the <laughs> 2nd or 3rd, when, when we turned up to, to do some training with them, they've obviously, one of them or two of them's co contracted COVID somewhere, like many millions of other people in the world. It's not a criminal offence to get COVID, but it nope. seems to be <laughs> to yeah. some people. Um, and yeah, it, it quickly can spread as we well know. Fortunately, because SIA had a policy of testing, it meant that when we came in, we identified the fact that the people were COVID positive and instantly shut that household down um, and reported it to the authorities, which is the correct way to do things. Um, unfortunately, it seems once again that that can criminalize you when you actually follow the procedures because it's a very sensitive time. And look, the masses, they love drama. People mm -hmm. love drama. They love it when somebody's, you know, they've got somebody to hit on. And, you know, my advice to everybody is it's a waste of your energy and your emotions. Put your emotions into your own life, then, then worry about what's going on in somebody else's. But of course, that drama was created through British the British mutant strains and stuff, yeah. which was impossible because none of them had been in Britain since October. Yeah. So I don't know how they managed to bring it across. Um, so this story got out of hand a little bit because these young, many of them, not, not all young, but some of the young, young people had managed to uh, get COVID. And as a result, it ended up um, winding up, I think, some of the, uh, the Austrians. Um, but it's, it's, it's all put to bed now. And obviously you saw the same situation in Switzerland with um, with a group. Um, we saw the same situation in Flachau with a group um, of people trying to do training for, yeah. for ski instructor courses. What, what, was, what was surprising for me is af after Jokberg, and as you've, as you've kind of touched on there, you, you guys did pretty much everything to the letter, but then came under a lot of fire from certain areas of the press, let's say. Um, and as you said, it's all been sorted, it's all been put to bed, it's all gone away. I was very surprised then that a few weeks later, there were courses running in Flacau, which then also got closed down because inevitably, when you put a load of ski teachers together, whether they're in separate rooms, whether they're in separate houses, separate hotels, whatever it be, somebody contracted the virus and hey presto, the course gets shut down. Yeah. And for me, I was watching that news and reading that news and thinking, how did that even get started given everything that kicked off with Jokberg? Yeah. Um, because you, you almost pro proved that even if you follow the letter of the law and do everything you possibly can, this virus can bite you on the arse no matter yeah. what. Finds a way through, yeah. <laughs> just like water, isn't it? And this is it. I mean, obviously, from a point of view is 
in Jokberg, what we did was completely legal. Obviously, we're a legally operated concession here in Austria. We're a company, a training company. We can do what we do. It's it's that's not the problem. And and okay, people can scream and shout and say what they want. It's look, I wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be locked up in jail now if it was the case, or they would have shut my company down or something. You know, if it wasn't the case that we're completely legal. The the issue was was that was a favour. I mean. We didn't really want to actually do that course as such. But if we'd actually said, no, we're not going to do it, the government would have turned around and went, why did you turn away those, whatever it is, 35 people mm -hmm. and not actually do that work and then ask us for money? For compensation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because you could have done that. Yeah. And that's the problem. And so, yeah, okay, we, we were lucky that we had procedures in place and the behörder here the authorities here could see that and see that oh well well done you know you've done a really good job you stopped the spread of it you isolated immediately yeah. and therefore it didn't actually get um you know put into the rest of the village they literally tested the one and a half thousand people in the village and established that there was no cross contamination yeah. because we hadn't just continued the course and went oh some people have got a cold or whatever <laughs> and just keep going <laughs> But I mean, that was literally the 24 hours. And in the case of obviously in Flachau, it was yeah a similar situation. I mean, you, you are now quadrupling or five times that numbers, mm -hmm. sticking them into one hotel. It just takes one person. Yeah. And yeah, you, you're gonna end up with that situation. <laughs> but look, equally, there were courses running in December yeah. the, when there was a hard lockdown in, in regions here in Austria where in Tyrol there were running courses when lifts were completely shut, yet yep. lifts were opened and people, were, uh, ski trainers, instructors were allowed to go up and actually train for exams. Um, how did that work? It was one rule for one and one rule for <laughs> another, basically. I, I was, um, I, th I think this was, this was December. Yeah, this is uh, first, first, second week of December. I was, I was on a ski tour in Steyr and I was on I've ne an area I'd never been to before. And uh, apparently there is a hotel that owns the ski infrastructure and the ski school. And there was a tea bar run open. And I, we turned up to go touring and I said, that lift's open. And we looked over and I, and I was like, that, that, that's a training. That's a ski instructor training. You could see that the, the people at the front of the groups, they weren't ski teachers, they were house builders. They were, they were coaches. And I was like, that, I swear that is an anverter group. And we went up we went up and we toured up and we skied down and then we, we got to the car park and there was someone in a uniform and I asked what was happening and he, he said, it's an anvert, of course. And I was like, how? Huh? How? Now, <laughs> the fact is that the anvert, of course, was staying in the hotel. The hotel owned the lifts. They also owned the ski school and therefore the, the band had come in and was allowed to use the lift and run the course, which was in the middle of a hard lockdown. Yeah, and that's why how hypocritical it was with, with Jokberg, for example. Um, people <laughs> people don't get the full story. But then again, if you read, you know, some of the rags here in Austria, some of the papers here in Austria, they're, they're, they're worse than some of the, the classic ones in, 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 in England. In England, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but, but only, uh, yeah. So from the side of the pandemic, obviously it, it's had a huge effect this season on ski instructor courses. Um, with only very few courses going ahead in places, um, you know, Switzerland have had the odd one or two Spain sort of squeezed them through, Austria yeah. squeezed a few people through. But in general, it wouldn't have been the same atmosphere or the same feeling of what a normal ski instructor course is, let's say with SIA. Um, and yeah, anybody who 
who did bother to find a way through hasn't had really the full experience of no. what ski training should be. For the courses, they wouldn't have had the experience. But also from, from our side as ski teachers in a village, we need tourists. We've missed the tourists, you know. Um, not necessarily because we've missed work and we've, we've lost out of money, but we're, we're in this business. A lot of us are in this business because we like to be with people. We like to teach people. We like to communicate and mix with people and go to APRE with them. And we've had, we've had nobody all winter. And again, Capron without tourists is pretty much empty. And if you'd come on a course and it had been empty, it wouldn't have been the same atmosphere. And it's not been the same atmosphere. You walk through the streets now, you don't see anybody. We, yeah. should, we should have people everywhere at the moment. Um, and that's been the same in the other areas of Austria that I've, I've been. It's a ghost town everywhere. Yeah. And that's, that's the situation. I think a lot of people, there's a combination of people who book our courses. We have the sort of people, 40s, 50s, 60s, um, who are very, very committed. And yeah, they like a little bit of apre, but at the same time, a lot of their focus is in the technical skiing. They really want to improve to their maximum of mm -hmm. their ability. And then obviously you get the, the sort of 18 to, to 20 odd year old who wants to do that, wants to improve, but at the same time, they're coming because they know of the SIA brand, they know the name, they know that it creates some of the best apre, the best ski atmosphere that can possibly be had and snowboard obviously as well. So that's missing this year, no matter what. There's, there's a big social aspect. There's definitely a big social aspect. Um, and I think a lot of the time that also adds and makes the courses. Yeah. Because my experience and a lot of people f um, who follow um, Snow Camp Europe and a lot of people who I, who I teach, they know I, when I came back, I did an SAA course. And uh, I, I looked at lots of different courses. Um, and the reason I picked the SAA was not just for the skiing, it was for the social aspect. Because yeah. I wanted to have a good time. Yeah, of course. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's where it comes on to these mental health issues that, um, you know, when I was speaking to Abby Butcher from The Telegraph, she was very keen to, to, to make sure people are aware that, yes, there's a pandemic. And yes, you know, it's, it's an absolutely devastating situation around the world of how many people have been affected and died. And, you know, it, it's just horrendous. But at the same time, the mental health of these, you know, if not just the 18-year-olds, if you like, but right the way through people who are used to company um, will find it difficult. Now, yeah. I don't teach very often because I don't like people, so it's different for me, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of COVID's been like my, my holiday. Yeah, you quite liked it. You quite liked it. It's like great. Self-isolation self 101 by Paul Simpson. <laughs> you know, so from my side, it's been, it's been great. But I get it. I get what Abby was saying that, you know, it's really stifled the development of, let's say, the average, you know, teenage, late teenager, early adult phase, yep. because it's, it's changed their perspective of everything. And mm -hmm. that, that lack of connection they've had with people and the feeling that they're almost criminalized if they do have a connection with somebody yep. is putting them under huge pressure, you know? And that's why we hoped our course in October, November could have went ahead for those 300 plus people because we would have contained it. We would, or, well, we did test everybody we would have regularly tested them to make sure that they could socialize safely and still operate that course but of course the the um the hotels were shut down yeah. and as a result if the hotels are shut there's nowhere to stay so yeah. and, then the, and then the lifts the lifts, the lifts followed, followed didn't they yeah. but I, th I think the, the thing is the knock-on effect is um next year we are going to have to adapt and and change our ways of working and our ways of 
how we how we um, interact with each other in hotel rooms, how we interact with each other in in the lobbies, um, apres ski, if there is any apres ski next year. Again, big grey area on what next year or next winter, let's say, will hold. But what, do you believe what, that? Do you believe that? Because I, I, you see, I'm, I'm a V. I must be just an optimist because I just think this vaccine's going to go about, and within six months, you're going to see people go, "What COVID? What?" Can't even remember. I would, I would hope that is the fact, because everybody who knows me knows I like a bit of apres ski. But I think there will be a knock-on effect that there will still be some restrictions next winter. I don't see masks in lifts going away. Um, I can't, I can't see that, that that's going away. It's going to almost become the norm. And what happened at the beginning, wearing a, a neck tube or a buff, became the norm. And then we had the blue masks; it became a norm. And now we've got the FFP twos, which yeah. has become a norm. Which, which by the way, cost me a fortune. Because <laughs> you know, what the, what the, who's going to refund all the government's like this costs for those? Because at the end of the day, we we started with the buffs. So quick, get buffs. Of course, buffs were sold out everywhere in the world. Yep. So you had to like push yourself to the front of the queue and buy two, like two thousand buffs. Buy buy two thousand buffs quick. Oh, buffs are no good now yeah. okay get these masks <laughs> got the masks brand them oh, no they're, they're no good branded the masks yeah. that was a waste of money right quick get ffp2 masks yeah. <laughs> there but, you are there's six seven thousand euros yeah. gone you this know it's just ridiculous but yeah but so, i am i'm different i think that when you get through the 50s plus are vaccinated and even 40s plus are vaccinated and god the uk is oh, doing me. a good job um then the situation, you know, will be more like a normal flu. And yeah, you're still going to mm. see people catching COVID, which, uh, but I think by that stage, I'm very optimistic that people forget quickly. People forget quickly and it, it, it will change. It'll change for next year, definitely. Um, and I am genuinely believing that we're going to be, yeah, okay, there might be a few little things, you know. I mean, obviously this thing about a travel passport of some sort, um, you know, which is, a, it's, a, it's a sensitive area. I can understand people saying who don't want, I was speaking to one of my trainers the other day who doesn't really want to get vaccinated, but I was saying to him, unfortunately, if you want to be on the team You're gonna have that's to get going to uh, Argentina, then we've got to tick every box now, assuming that that will be one of the loopholes. So yeah, yeah. for Argentina, when I spoke to the authorities there and spoke to the hotel and the rental car companies, et cetera, and the ski resort, they thought that they would be able to open to international tourism because they're going to be bringing flights in actually from Brazil. Now, if they're bringing in cool. flights from Brazil that are vaccinated, yeah. they have to be vaccinated. They said, look, it's highly likely then that they're going to allow Americans, Canadians, UK, um, Europe in as well, as long as you can prove you've either had COVID or you're vaccinated. And I know that's difficult for people who don't want the vaccine. I, I get that. But unfortunately, it's just, it's COVID. It's how the yeah. world is. Now, I've just been six weeks in Iceland, which is a country that doesn't have COVID at the minute. And it's 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 such a breath of fresh air because you go there, you know, you have to have, you have to go through some red tape to get there. Not now, by the way, the border's completely open in okay. Iceland. Cool. As long as you are vaccinated, you don't need to do anything except produce a vaccination certificate. But normally you did have to do some bits and pieces. And, but once you're there, of course, you forget about COVID because it's, it's, you're back to normal. You're back to normal. normal and yeah. that normality is, yeah. It's it's interesting. It's it's inter it's like a new it's a novel thing. Yeah, it's um, probably quite quite refreshing, I would expect. Well, it is. And then yeah. of course we 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 delayed flying back a few times, and then we ended up coming back. And um, we were delaying because we wanted to to catch the the volcano because the earthquakes were getting stronger and stronger. You could feel them when you were in Iceland. And um, we got shook out of bed a few times, and we were waiting for this. Yeah, are you this, sure that was an earthquake? 
<laughs> this volcano we were waiting to erupt and of course we flew back and then I think yesterday or whatever it erupted. It's it? erupted. <laughs> so you missed it. So I missed it. But uh, yeah, um, I've, I'm positive that um, things are going to be completely different by, and I think the date for the change, big changes, will be the first week of October, end of September, when they know it's impossible for people to have a summer holiday. Yes. <laughs> it's all done. <laughs> and everybody's in that dead period between summer and winter. Yeah. Great time to say, oh, by the way, everything's normal. You know what I mean? Because last year they did it too early, if you remember. They sort of opened a bit back up in summer. Yeah, and it, 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 it created July. a yeah. spike then in October, November. Yeah. Whereas... Th that was the danger. They really needed to, because I remember going to um, Sutirol um, in Italy and God, we were shocked because we traveled to a lot of places throughout the world and uh, to like places like the Faroe Islands, for example, which is again, really quiet okay. and nobody there. But then we went to Sutirol thinking, oh, we'll do that when it's quiet. Jesus Christ, Andy. Packed. Oh, <laughs> I, I, well, we literally spent three days and come home. Because I just went, I oh, can't do this. I remember hearing about this. There were so this. many yeah. Germans, yeah. Uh, you know, from... Yeah. Uh, it was just absolutely packed. I'm, go I'm going back to Caprun, there's too many people. Yes. Yeah. And I went back to Caprun because there was too many people. <laughs> it was a nightmare. So I think they'll, they'll try and do everything to force staycations because obviously the UK will do that because he's a greedy little... Whatever. For sure. He's going to go, yeah. oh, don't fly anywhere. Keep the money in the UK. Bollocks. Get yourself anywhere you want. You know, anywhere you can get to, get yourself away if you can get away. But he's going to say that just for the financial point of view and to make things look worse than they are. That's just this scaremongering tactic. If, if they allowed people to have some maturity about this and, and realise that, look, I've had the vaccine, um, you know, four weeks since I've had the vaccine, I'm, I'm healthy, can I not fly to, I don't know, Ibiza or Mallorca or whatever it is, or Greece or wherever it's open? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Why not? Why not? That's, yeah. That's how it should be. So it, 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 coming around, and I know we've waffled on to 30 minutes here, but talking about the ski industry and the ski instructor courses, yes, it's been crap everywhere, but it'll bounce back. It'll rebound back, and it'll rebound back hard because I know that from the amount of bookings we have for next year has already doubled what we've ever, ever had by this period in March. Um, Argentina is two and a half times more booked than it normally is in July. Austria is already double yeah. what it would normally be by March. So people are absolutely itching yeah, pe pe people travel. are desperate to come. And again, for for me, I've got more bookings at this time of year for next winter than I would normally have. And people are looking at... And my, my customers are very different to SAA customers. Mine are tourists. Um, they're just holiday makers. But they're all looking at doing two trips next year because they've missed this year. They've had a refund. Instead of going and spending it on garden furniture they're actually saying right we're gonna we're gonna rebook a, 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 a ski holiday now and with the money we'd saved for the next ski holiday we're gonna book a second ski holiday yeah. so it, it, it is gonna bounce back although unlike paul i think there will still be some restrictions Mm, maybe <laughs> but we can't agree on everything well, uh, yeah. I mean I, I wouldn't notice because I never go to a bar in Caprona or a restaurant no. so <laughs> nobody knows who I am um, yeah so we'll come back to you again with our next topic God knows what it's going to be but thank you for listening to us and we'll see you again yeah see you in the next one bye for now bye